Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Well, what's up, One Hope? Oh, come on. What's up, One Hope? Man, I love your shirts. I I love how you have just, how you've embraced this idea of living out the hope that you have in Jesus and if you're new to One Hope, man, it's so cool to be here. Like, I am honored every time I get to take this stage. Um, I love your pastors. I love you guys. I love your faith to engage around the world and bring hope to those who need hope because we all need hope. Amen? So Destiny Rescue, if you're new to, to One Hope, if you haven't heard about Destiny Rescue, we exist to rescue kids out of sexual exploitation and human trafficking and help them stay free. We do this in in a variety of different countries around the world, and can I tell you that through your generosity, through your prayer support, through your engagement, that One Hope, you have helped rescue 18 kids? Come on. There are 18 individuals free today because of your faith, because you have engaged, and and we have a lot to celebrate. In fact, the screen says that we have 3,144 reasons to celebrate, because that's how many were rescued last year. I mean, I think we cheer louder at football games than we cheer for 3,144, so can we try that again? There we go. We have a lot to celebrate. I mean, this is the most individuals that we've ever, as an organization, that we've ever rescued. This is the largest year of rescue for us, and it's because of the church, people like you who are are engaging. And as an organization, we've learned quite a bit about what rescue looks like as we've rescued over 11,000 individuals, nearing 12,000 individuals as an organization since our, our launch And I want to share a couple of those realities with you because I believe that rescue is rescue. Whether it's out of sexual exploitation, human trafficking, or the bondage of sin, whatever it might be, rescue is uh, is not only for everybody, but there are some things that we can learn about rescue because it is a global reality. And because of what Jesus has done, the songs that we sang today in worship, because of what Jesus has done, we can lean into this idea of rescue. So I want to share a couple observations with you for rescue. Can I do that this morning? All right. Observation number one, if you're taking notes, rescue is for everyone. Rescue is for everybody. Now, as an organization, we rescue predominantly individuals out of exploitation and trafficking, but we also are seeing individuals get rescued spiritually. We're seeing individuals come to faith in Jesus, not just individuals or kids who have been rescued out but we're also seeing traffickers perpetrators individuals who 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 have indulged in this evil they're finding rescue in the reality of jesus because romans 7 says this take a look what a wretched paul's writing what a wretched man i am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death but thanks be to god can you say thanks be to god thanks be to god who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Rescue is for everybody. Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and he's like, who will rescue me? This, what a wretch I am. What a, I know my stuff. And because I know my stuff, I know that I'm in need of rescue. I know that, that there is no hope for me to do it on my own, 
I need freedom. And for, for, for us, I mean, if we think about it, when, we, when it comes to rescue, we, we recognize when, we, when we've messed up, we recognize what situations we're in. And, and, and if I can be honest with you, we know that we need something outside of ourselves to bring rescue and freedom. Rescues for everybody. And there is great hope. That's not just a tagline for your church. That's not just a clever branding scheme. It is gospel. It is the good news. There is hope for rescue. In fact, what I love about the work that we get to do is I get to see it in in an almost daily basis. If you follow us on social media, you get to see it quite often, the stories of hope. And, and you may have read this story online or through our social media, but I just want to kind of peel back the layers and give you a, a full breadth, a full picture of, of this story of a young girl named Namazi. Namazi was 12 years old when she found herself addicted to drugs and living in a slum in one of the countries that we rescue in. Namazi didn't know her mom. Her dad abandoned her. She was living with her, her grandparents, her grandma, and she was, she was being abused. So she left her home and went to live in this slum. She's like, it's, it's got to be better than what I was experiencing here. So she went to the slums. And at 13, she had her first baby. And the baby died. And then she gets pregnant again. And the father of the baby takes that child and Namazi is broken, living in a slum, forced to, 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 stay at the, to be able to live in the place that she's at. She's forced to sell herself, to rent herself multiple times so that she could afford to just stay, have a roof over her head. So that's what Namazi was doing when our agents found her and rescued her this year. So this past year, Namazi is rescued, but it, it doesn't just happen overnight. In fact, our agents had to go multiple times to Namazi and begin to talk to her about who we are and offer her freedom. But the reality for Namazi is that Namazi knew the, the, the realities of her life and her story, and she bought into the lie that she was spoiled. That's the word that her culture uses for anybody who's caught up in the realities that she's in. That means that she's ruined, she has no hope, she's no good, she's garbage, she can be discarded, used and abused, that she's a commodity, and that there is no other reality for her than what she knows. But we all know that there is hope in Jesus. We all know that there is hope for rescue and that rescue is for everybody. So Namazi agrees with with realizing that they could help with food and and some of the realities that she needed and address some of the needs. She stepped into freedom, not knowing the full scope of what was going to happen, but she took a step to be rescued. Now, what I can tell you is is that Namazi didn't overnight just shut off the thoughts and the feelings of her being spoiled or not having worth or value. I mean, because for us, I mean, you think about your lives. When we came to Jesus, you may still struggle with what's in behind you, what's in the past. Anybody else? You may, you may look back and you go, I know what God has, has rescued me from. You agree with Paul, oh, what a wretched person am I. You know what's behind you. And even though you're walking ahead, there is a reality that what's behind you still carry, comes with you. The memory, the shame. And Namazi struggled with that. Because what we've also observed is not only is rescue for everybody, but you can be rescued and still not free. 
You can be rescued. You can believe in Jesus. You can have a faith and declare that he is the son of God. You can, you can as Romans says, you, you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you're saved, you're rescued. That's the biblical understanding of rescue is saved, but you still might not be free. We're going to go to John chapter 11 and we're going to dive into this idea of what freedom looks like. And, and I, I want to catch you up. If you don't know the story of John 11 or maybe you need a refresher, John 11 is the story where Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, got sick and he died. And Jesus is going to his hometown to raise him from the dead. And, and Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. And they're all friends of Jesus. And Jesus is coming up to the town. And as he comes to Lazarus' house, Martha comes running out to him and says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus goes, he'll live again. Well, Martha responds early in John 11. She's like, I know he'll live again. He'll live at the resurrection, meaning that when, when everything is done, at the end of time, my brother will live again. I believe that. And Jesus says to her those lines that we quote quite often. Jesus looks at her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet will he live. Do you believe this? And she goes, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. I believe that you are who you say you are, that you are God's Son. I believe this confession of faith, right? We would go, yes, Martha, she's saved, she's rescued. But here comes the observation. You can be rescued and still not yet be free. Let's pick up reading in verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, I'm going I'm to give you a, 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 a kind of a, a practical application of today's message. If you want to know, maybe you're questioning, how do I know if I'm rescued and not free? What is your response when God says, I want to look at that part of your life? I want to I touch that piece of your heart. Or maybe God may be calling you to do something like for her it was rolled away the stone and your response first is but. That may be an indication that you're rescued but not free. So Martha says, but Lord, by this time there's a bad odor. He's been there four days. God, I, I love what it says in the King James. Anybody else grew up reading King James or going to a King James church? There's a few of us in the room. In the King James, it says, he stinketh. Because we all know our past stinks. What we've done, what we've experienced, it stinks. You may use a different adjective to describe it. You may not say stink, you may say something else. But, but, but he stinks, he's been in there four days Jesus, do you know what happens behind a stone in a tomb in the Middle East when we don't have embalming practices? Do you know what happens in the heat? I mean, there's a reason why we put the stone there so we didn't have to deal with it. It covered it up. I don't have to think about what happens behind there. I've rolled a stone in front of my heart. I've rolled a stone in front of my circumstance, my situation. I never have to go back there again. I don't want to deal with it, God. My pain, my trauma, my, my shame, my, all the stuff, my mistakes. God, I don't want to deal with it again. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. But then he compassionately says to Martha, 
Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? You will see the glory of God, the fullness of God. All of God shows up when we give him complete access. And there may be some of us in the room today or watching online, you may have given Jesus your heart, you may have given him your life and said, I believe but yet we're not walking around in the fullness of God. There are still areas of our lives or hearts that have been untouched that we just kind of held back. And God, I really hope you don't want to go there. But can I tell you, there's great hope and God is compassionate. Psalm says he's compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. We can trust that God will deal with us kindly and graciously. And he goes, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you will see the glory, the fullness of God? So then Jesus says, take, so they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. And I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Maybe today you need to change Lazarus's name for yours, and you need to, you need to hear Jesus saying over you, come out. And Lazarus, the dead man, came out. His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. I, I love the picture of Lazarus. It's this idea that he comes walking out of the grave, but his hands and his feet are tied. They're wrapped in linen, and he can't see. He's just shuffling out of the grave. And maybe for us, we, we're not like Martha. Our stuff isn't hidden. Our, our, we haven't rolled a stone, maybe, necessarily in front of our stuff, we're just walking around with this idea of going, God can't use me. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. I'm not, I, I, you, you've, you, maybe somebody has spoken words over you that you say you wouldn't amount to much. You wouldn't, do, you wouldn't have all of these impact and all these things. And, and God can never use somebody like me. Maybe you're walking around being obedient to what God has called you to do. But not in the fullness of how God has called you to do it. Maybe, maybe you're walking around like Lazarus, obedient, having responded to Jesus, but you're walking around bound up and tied up. There are still hurts, habits, and hang-ups that are holding your feet from taking full strides in the presence and power of Jesus. And can I tell you today that the same God who called Martha to freedom is the same God who called Lazarus to freedom, and he is the same God who calls us to freedom. Somebody say amen. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face, and Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is what freedom looks like, friends. Where you're able to take full strides into the destiny that God has for you, the calling he has for you, the ministry that he has for you, the marriage that he has for you, the life that he has for you, the relationship that he has for you, the calling, the job. You're able to walk in the fullness of who God has called you to be because he is gracious and compassionate and he invites us to freedom because we can be rescued but still not free. Namazi, when she was rescued, she came into our, one of our, our aftercare facilities, into our homes, and she was living there and as she was living there, she got reminded by some of the girls that were also there of her past. And she ran. She ran from the opportunity of freedom. And for some of us today, we might be running as well, like Namazi. She couldn't get over the things that were running in her mind on repeat. 
the thoughts, the, the things that people had said, the pain, the hurt, the trauma. But then one day as, as Namazi is, is, is walking through freedom and she's back into our care, she was, uh, she was pursued by some of our loving aftercare team and, and people were able to help her walk through and process all of the things that were going on for her. She said this. She said, I found the Lord because this place changed me. I now serve the Lord. The, 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 the language that she's using just isn't, I'm obediently just going through the motions. It is this, I am in full relationship. I serve the Lord. I'm now following and I'm receiving his goodness and his grace. I'm receiving healing and I'm allowing him to do whatever he wants to do. That's the idea that she's communicating to serve the Lord. Because church, we need to recognize this, that Christ came to rescue us and to set us free. That's the third observation. He came to rescue us and set, he wants to do it all. Because this is what I know about the character of Jesus. You read through the scriptures, you will see that, that, that God doesn't just leave something half done. He wants to do it all the way. He's an all the way kind of guy. He's, the all, he's an all the way kind of God. He doesn't hold back. He gives it, he wants everything. He wants us to be completely free. Galatians 5.1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that he set us free. He wants us to be free. He wants us to experience the fullness of God. And as we experience it, the, our responsibility is to simply stand firm. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to make it happen. We get to stand firm in his freedom. So what are you doing today that causes you to stand firm in the freedom that God has called you to, to that God has given you and called you to? One night, Namazi goes to bed and as she's sleeping, she has a dream. And she hears in her own language a voice telling her that today I want you to change your name from Namazi to a word that in her language means victory. So Namazi woke up that morning, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. You can, I, I can almost envision it. She bounds out of bed with new purpose and she's walking through the area and somebody goes, Namazi, and she goes, that's not my name. My name is Victory. Some of us need to exchange identities today. You've been walking around with this identity that you have done this, therefore you are this. Can I tell you that's not who God has called you to be? God has called you a son. He has called you a daughter. He has called you an heir of the kingdom of God. You are a child of the Most High. And it is about time that we as the, the body of Christ, the followers of Jesus, walk around in the full identity of who God has called us to be. Amen? So because of that, because of Namazi, she's, she's now literally standing up in front of her church, singing in the choir. This is a picture of their choir at their church. She's living into freedom. She's living into her identity because Christ has come not only to rescue, but to set free. Another girl that we rescued this past year said it like this. She said, daily prayers and the word of God set me free of my shame and gave me hope. These two things changed my whole life. These two things, daily prayer and the word of God. This morning, I don't know where you're at 
But I believe that God is speaking very clearly to us through his word that we can be rescued and not free. Maybe today you're like Martha. Jesus puts his finger on an area of your life or brings a, a, a thought to your mind about it, something that's happened in the past and you, you're holding on to it, you're bound up by it, and you say, God, please don't roll away that stone. What's behind it stinks. It's a mess. And God goes, if you will believe, you'll see the glory, the fullness of God. Your, 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 the things that are holding you bound may be more invisible, internal, that you haven't shared with anybody. Maybe you're like Lazarus, where you've maybe shared them, or you've talked about them, or you've expressed them, but you're walking around, and you're shuffling, obediently doing what God has called you to do, but you're shuffling around, and you know that there's more that God has for you. Maybe there's an opportunity today for you, like Martha, to say, okay, God, roll away the stone. And I believe there's an opportunity where the Lord is also saying today is the day to take the grave clothes off and to live into your purpose and your destiny. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, for this moment, if you would just close your eyes. Maybe you're like Martha. Maybe you're like Lazarus. But you would say that what is true today about you is that you have been rescued, but you need freedom. It's a hurt, a habit, a hang-up, trauma, pain. Maybe it's a sin, a repetitive sin issue. I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you to come up front. I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you to stand up. Every eyes bowed, or every head's bowed, every eyes closed, because I want you to have a moment with Jesus. I want to invite you, if you need freedom today, if you need God to set you free, would you raise your hand? There's something in your life that you say has held you back. If you would join me in prayer, Father, you call your church to freedom. God, it's not just about rescue, it's about living into freedom. And because it's about living into freedom, God, I pray over every person in this room, those who may be watching online, that you, God, would set free right now every individual. God, for those that, that would say, like Martha, I, I've, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to go to that part of my life. I, I'm, I've, I've hidden it. I don't want it brought up. I don't want you to deal with it, God. I, I, I just can't. God, would you deal compassionately with them, and would you show them your tender love and your mercy, and would you set them free? God, for those like Lazarus who are, are walking hindered and maybe dragging stuff behind them, thoughts that have been spoken over them, declarations that have been made, God, whatever it might be, God, they're not walking into their full potential and purpose of who you've called them to be. God, I pray you, you would release them of, of those chains, those things in the name of Jesus, and you would set your people free, and you would empower us and enable us by your Holy Spirit to walk fully immersed in who you are. God, into our purpose, into what you've called for us to do. In the fullness of your love, God, may we see your full presence. All of it, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So what do you do on the other side of freedom? What do you do? Let's look back again at John chapter 11. It says this. 
And Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, who are them? For those of you who are English, uh, like love the English language, you're writers or maybe teachers, you went, you just totally asked the question, who are them? Like, that's not an appropriate question. It's a memory device. Just go with me. You'll remember it later. You'll thank me, right? Who are who, who is Jesus talking to? Remember, Jesus had 12 guys who walked with him. There were other people who were gathered around at the tomb of Lazarus. There was Martha who had to take a step of faith and roll away the stone. There were others who, could, who were potentially living, already living into their freedom. And he said to them, if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus is talking to you. Take the grave clothes off. Let him go. Because see, it's one thing to rescue somebody from exploitation and trafficking. It's another to walk them through to freedom. We had almost 1,300 individuals walking through individualized freedom plans this year at Destiny Rescue, where they're walking through plans that would address potentially education or counseling or job skills or vul addressing vulnerabilities that they had in their lives. But, but our team was engaged actively in helping take off the grave clothes so that these kids could, like Lazarus, walk free, take full steps into their identity and who God has called them to be. I want you to take a look at this video and see what freedom looks and sounds like. Take a look at this. My mother is a drunkard. She's drinking alcohol every morning up to evening. So my dad left and I was the one to take care of my little sister. She's four years. She got typhoid. I had to look for money to pay her hospital, buy for her food, to pay house rent. Every day the landlord was coming. Knocking, knocking, you give me my money. I felt bad. I was so young. Every time I had to sleep with those months, I was being sick, being sick. I felt ashamed because those men, they were seeing me as a prostitute, just using me to give me money and go. Yeah. And I felt ashamed. I was like, yeah, I'm not a person. Even I felt that God forgot me. Yeah. like killing myself but I thought I can't give up yeah I can't I was the one to take care of my sister you love her very much don't you I love I love her very very much I want her to be a good girl I want in my life get money and take her to school. 
you're, you've already engaged to bring freedom and rescue. But as a, 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 there are individuals who, who are partnering with Destiny Rescue to help bring freedom, to, to take off the grave clothes as what we call a rescue partner. A rescue partner is somebody who donates any dollar amount per month. For some, it may be $30, others $50. Whatever it is that God may be putting on your heart as a rescue partner, you give, and it helps bring freedom and walk kids through freedom plans so that they can stay free. Across the front of the stage, there are rescue partner packets that look like this. And in a moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna invite Pastor James back up on the stage, but I, I wanna walk you through what this might look like. For, for you today, if you say, I wanna be one of the them that takes off the grave clothes, I wanna be one of the them that partners monthly so that, that kids will continue to walk into their freedom plans, all you do is grab a packet. Inside of the packet, there's an envelope. You take out the envelope, you fill out the information, and you bring the envelope back to me out in the lobby at the table. You keep this. This is a timeline and a story of rescue like what you're going to make happen every month through your generosity. I want to invite you to take that step if you would be so bold to say, I want to do that today. And as a church, you're, you're giving through, through merchandise, through the purchasing of t-shirts, through missions giving. And I want to say thank you. And I'm, this is an invitation for those who go, I, I want to take an extra step. God's stirring my heart to do that. We want to make this available to you today. So you can take that and bring it to the table. I would invite you to, to actually fill it out today. Don't just take the packet home with you because sometimes, at least for me, I don't know if it happens for you this way, but if I take something like this home, it gets set on my table and then it gets lost on the, on the pile of good intentions. Let's not let kids stay on the pile of good intentions. Let's take an active step to take the grave clothes off of them and empower them to walk into the fullness of God. Amen? So, Father, as we come to the end of our time today, God, I thank you for One Hope. God, I thank you for their boldness, their partnership, God, their friendship. God, I thank you for their faith that is extending hope, God, to Tuscaloosa, throughout the region, and around the world, God. And, Father, maybe today you're calling individuals to take a step, to come forward and to grab one of these packets, to, to be like those who are at the tomb of Lazarus, who say, I want to be one of the ones who will, who will take the grave clothes off and empower freedom, girls, to walk into the full identity of who you've called them to be. God, thank you for the time that we get to spend together today. Thank you for this church. Bless them now, I pray, in the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.